the Light Gray Art Lab podcast. I'm Lindsay Knoll. I'm Jenny Wells. I'm James Lavella. I'm Calvin Bauer. And we are just on the edge of spring. Mm, the cusp. The cusp of the spring. The cusp yep. of spring. The single Soon cusp. We mm. shall experience nothing more than beauteous weather. Maybe some rain. Probably some rain. I think there's a lot of rain coming. Yeah, soon. tons. Of like rain. the next like five days are going to be rain. A sun piece. One. I hope one, one sun. sun yes, and maybe other things that have to do with spring that we don't know of, like hot mm. sauce packets hot appearing sauce packets. on the sidewalk, thawed from the years and years of permafrost. Permafrost. <laughs> permafrost. Yes. From all the permanently frozen dog poops as well. Yeah. <laughs> James took a core sample of the earth, and mm. out from that was several layers of hot sauce, a dog poop, and then a Scorpio thong. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. That yeah. is like the ground layers of Minneapolis. Yes, it oh, is. God. All those The things. bedrock of both <laughs> our community <laughs> and our physical space. It's true. It is a very important backbone. It mm. is. And during this time of the most exciting permafrost <laughs> revolution, we have uh, several things going on here at Light Gray, including... An upcoming show that's going to happen in what, like a minute? Yeah. Two minutes. So, so yes, actually this March 23rd, we have uh, three very cool shows that are going to be on display that are all about kind of the feeling of spring. Uh, we just announced the artists that'll be a part of the Arboretum exhibition. Uh, it's all about the um, genetics of a forest. It's about enchanted spaces and planned gardens. Um, it's all about botany, so that should be a really fun show. There's about 60 artists in total that are contributing to that, and it'll be accompanied by um, Resurgence and also The Flush of Spring, and then we also have a, a release of a new comic called Campfire Comics done by a ton of great Minneapolis people, um, MFA students from MCAD, and also really great artists from around the country, so we're really excited about that project. Yeah, we have a lot of other things coming up, too. Um, on the next couple of podcasts, we'll be talking with people about some topics regarding trees and the mm -hmm. Arboretum Show. And so hopefully we'll be discussing that stuff with you guys as well at that point. Um, but we also have a couple other calls for art coming up that you can keep an eye out for. We haven't officially announced that, but they should be dropping in the next week or so. And then also possibly... I, don't, I shouldn't even say possibly because for real, for sure. Um, some new travel programs that are coming up for this fall that are going to be mm -hmm. coming out, which I'm going to be vague yeah. about as well. But And if you haven't seen it, we just posted the two groups that will be attending with us this summer for the Light Gray Norway Creative Residency Program. So we're excited to bring Team Van and Team Soul uh, to Norway uh, this June. Yeah, so that is a totally new program with us. Um, and so we've started one to complement the Iceland residency program. Again, we're looking forward to just this summer full of travel. And so if you haven't uh, checked out any of those programs or what they're about online on the travel button on the website, likegrayartlab.com, you can read more about all the stuff that's coming up, including the new programs for this fall. So, okay. So yes. now that we've taken our core sample... Mm. <laughs> of spring uh -huh. right um We're all taking of, it to the lab we it have getting mm -hmm. processed it's yeah. getting processed and during the process of that we are learning many things and that's where we're going to start a conversation Ooh. today mm -hmm. so i have been learning virtually nothing mm -hmm. <laughs> in the last three months because i've been like face deep in a bunch of deadlines but i have learned for example uh the most efficient way to get to my trash cans in the backyard mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah 
Okay. What so are you gonna tell us? Did about you it? dig out a rut like from the ice and I did. snow through your backyard? Yeah, I had help though. It wasn't really me. A couple people mm. helped me. I just walk on it now these days. So it's mm. totally free of landmines. Yes, no on poops. either side of the path. Yeah, or the poops on either side. But and in mm. the middle, it's uh, it's free and clear. Um, and then besides that, I have learned uh, nothing. but i know you guys have and i feel like yeah i feel like i was sitting there thinking about it i was like you know in the beginning of the year we didn't have a a beginning of the year podcast but i think like every single spring it's almost like the time when i feel like now i actually want to do something because in the rest of winter you just don't want to do anything and there's nothing you can do besides be insular and weird yeah i think that's kind of nice when you like know that it's coming yeah and you can kind of embrace that it's that time to like I don't know, recover and like be totally insular and focus on yourself a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is nice after five months of winter to just yeah. be like, cool, now I can be excited again. Well, don't also, you guys get like itchy about it too, where you're just like, I am ready for something yeah. that's not this. I yeah. mean, for me personally, like I, I feel like I've experienced this in different ways every winter, but as much as I would like it to be like a nice time to like be by myself and like, you know, take care of myself and and read and do all this stuff inside it always ends up being me like in an existential rut (laughs) and Mm. and it's always when like spring and summer comes where I'm super stoked to like make stuff and learn stuff and read and like I'll go outside and read like all of a sudden even though it makes more sense to be like I don't know running around and like biking or whatever I all of a sudden like the the sun and the warmth makes me just like uh, want to be a productive individual again. Yeah, like I, I turned back into a human of the earth instead of whatever crust I was. Like, yeah. <laughs> like a dried much. out crust in winter. But I feel like like in this time, like you guys have been coming into work and being like, hey, guess what? I've read this thing or I've learned this thing or whatever. And I feel like I'm behind. <laughs> I feel like I've been teaching a lot, but not really like learning a lot. But I think like we were talking about some of the concepts as it comes up here with uh, all the shows this spring. And we're just like, geez, with every single topic, we usually like to explore stuff that we haven't really learned before. But mm-hmm. while you guys are still in the last phases of weird insular winter, what have you been, what have you been absorbing so that you can grow into a beautiful butterfly? Butterfly. You know, you know. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the best version. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny because I did also set some like resolutions at the beginning of the year. Did you? I did. I made a whole list of resolutions. Like what? <laughs> I mean, I wish Are I had them. With. Oh, okay. I, I could go get my notebook, but I set resolutions. I also had some goals. And then I also made a giant list of things that I'd like to do in Minneapolis and specific things that had to do with winter time in Minneapolis. Cause I feel like, I don't know, every time we travel or every time we go somewhere, we have such a unique experience of a space. And I often, um, especially here, get into like a routine of just going to the same places again and again. And so I was like, well, maybe it'd be nice to like set some goals of new things I'd like to experience. So it has been fun and it nothing has been hard to like incorporate into my daily life. It's really? just like, yeah, like going on a winter walk late at night or like staying up and reading a book or anything like that, that I just never made time for, for some reason. I don't know what I was doing before, but <laughs> uh, I did start a book club this year, which has been really fun. We've had one successful book club. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> We're okay. getting a here too. Snowstorm yes. pushed the other one back. Yes, so. that's, that's true. It's true. But um, 
in like in response to book club, I've been reading a lot and I'm reading this book called Gulp, which is all about the intestines and eating and food and senses. And it is incredible. That's and every, Mary Roach, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Every day I show She's up to funny. work and I'm like, you guys, guess what? Back in the 1800s, doctors would lick you and then try and figure out what the liquid is. Wait, wait. <laughs> what the tell, liquid is? Tell, yes. Tell, tell the story about the, the stomach Oh, yeah. Thing. Okay. So there was this man who was, he, he actually got shot. He was on a dock and he accidentally got shot in the stomach. And instead of it closing up normally, the outside of his skin fused to his stomach. So it was essentially a hole looking into his stomach. It was like the size of a quarter. But this doctor was like... Hello there, you, sir. Let me help you. I'll continue to try and close it up. But for some reason, it's not closing. So I have a better idea. Let me continue for 30 years to put things in there and see what happens. So he was like, I'm going to lay you on your side and put things in your stomach and see what happens and record it in this nice journal about digestion. Uh, And he would also extract bile to be like, let's see what happens. Can this digest outside the stomach? I know this story. Yes. And then they had an interesting relationship where the stomach man was like, I hate this. And the other guy's like, he's like, once more. He's like, no, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. I would also hate it. Yes. And then they said that at one point, so it was normal back then for a doctor to be like, ooh, your leg is oozing. Let me lick it to see if it's sweet. And then I know it's pus. And so he stuck his stomach, or I mean, he stuck his tongue in the stomach hole. <laughs> oh, that's upsetting. No. So they were like, so now we're all dead. Oh, so anyway, I'm learning so it. many interesting things, but every day I'm like, you guys, guess what? Let me tell you about saliva today. And every day I have the same reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, feel, no, but why? It's, it is like a morbid curiosity kind of mm. thing where you're like, that's so gross, but also so fascinating. You're like, who I would like do it. that? It's like that, that question where you're like, would you do this or this? And both of them are terrible. Would you yeah. Would you stick your tongue in a stomach or, or in a leg? <laughs> 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 hmm, you're gross. like, I don't So like here's your this. option, James. You have to eat the hot sauce packet or wear the thong. Mm, I'd probably wear the thong. <laughs> I feel like I'd rather have something on the outside than ingest something from the street. That's my favorite question that's ever happened. That's what you get to do every single, every Uh, winter. We'll find two objects that were buried in the snow. James is our test subject. (laughs) Instead of putting things in his stomach, we're just like, you put this on or you eat this. Man, I feel like it's going to be, I'll put this on every single time. Every time. And James is like, I don't like this. And we're like, one more time. One more year. I've got one more line in this journal. That I need to fill. Thirty years later. Oh, same James. Oh God. It's okay. It'll be the same pair of underwear every time too. <laughs> yeah, that's because you guys you could keep putting we, it down in the ice. Yeah, we, we, we keep just like dipping it for a year, and we're like, it's dirtier now. Do you still want to put it on? You're like, wow, James, look, I found this thong again. Okay. I, I don't know how it keeps that. happening. <laughs> That's my favorite thing that's Ugh. ever happened. Yeah. God. So well, anyway, reading so many good books. That's a good all book. Good all books. every book by Mary Roach is really funny. There's yeah. a bunch. There's one called Packing for Mars, which is all about space, which is really mm-hmm. good. And there's there's another one, one about. I think it's called Stiff. And yeah, it's about stiff. Cadavers. Yep. Cadavers, that, yeah. that one's really good. Interesting. Yeah. There's a sexy one. I forgot what that one's called. What is her it's background? called Bonk. Bonk <laughs> or Boink? 
bonk. Oh my god, <laughs> that's really. Good. I put it on my Amazon wish list. Yeah, yeah, I have that one. You could probably. What's her background in? Yeah, um, she's a science writer, but it's interesting because she is very clever and fun, like in all of her writing. And then she has all these anecdotes, so she'll like put an asterisk by something and then explain like the licking thing or whatever else Ugh. and give you kind of extra context. That's cool. But it's interesting. So what I've read so far started with like aroma and smell and then went into tasting and then like differentiating tasting with like beer, wine or olive oil or anything like that. And then the tongue. And I learned that crayfish are nine, like 90% tongue. What? Yeah, man. Except for, what? except for in their mouth, they <laughs> can't taste mean? anything. So they're, their body can taste like they they have sense what they have uh what's that called they taste have buds. taste buds all over their <laughs> entire body giant taste buds. except for that their sucks. mouth has zero taste buds yeah so they they're like, hanging out in goopy water all so they're day. like yeah, hanging out the and they can that taste like things <laughs> yeah they taste things swimming around and then they just eat it and when they eat it they don't actually taste it you know what that, that makes like sense so because life. when i was a kid and i used to sit in the canoes or whatever i would tie a piece of bacon to a string and just like <laughs> hang out and just like put it in the water and they were all with their one big claw and yeah. with their little claw they would pinch it and i'd be like oh yeah and i'd stick them in a bucket for like a couple hours and then that put it back cool in. it was amazing yeah but that makes sense though because if they could taste a weird water yeah yep they're then like they found oh it's it. bacon nice. yeah i would just kind of try and dip the bacon on them sometimes which is yeah. fine a good yeah. tactic mm. yeah. so i miss doing that actually I was yeah about it. Um, i i have a friend and for an assignment for a class one time uh, she just had to like write a list of a hundred things or something. And one of them was full body toenail. No! <laughs> oh, uh, no. Shout out, shout out to Annika. If you ever listen to this and that, that phrase has not left me for like four years. Yeah. What do you think about toenail. when you think about that? I, I, I don't think that, Hmm. Maybe it could be like a turtle shell. And you just got a big old toenail like covering your entire back. A and shield. Just kind of, yeah. Protective. I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you have to trim grim. it because it, it grows. Oh, um, no. Yeah, so you have to get like a big. It's, is it like an exoskeleton? Would you say it's an attribute it? or a detriment? Uh, it depends on the world we live in. I think that yeah. it's kind of Apocalyptic nice. Apocalyptic world, where would we be with the full body toenail? Oh, it would be sick. I mean, like. Yeah, I think that if it was like an exoskeleton and it was uh, like post-apocalypse and yeah. you're a bunch of like weird crab people, yeah. great. Good. Love that Sweet. future. Okay. If it's a post-apocalypse, I do not want to be like fleshy human, That's you know? Right. Yeah, you need sun protection, I think, and also probably wind and probably radiation protection. Yeah, I think yeah. we've played it would be that horrible. one game. Yeah. Also, yeah. like, if I yeah. survived through whatever the apocalypse was, I'd be like, I think I'm ready for something new. I'm ready to be a like crab man. So at you like point, come out of your cocoon or underneath like, a sheet metal piece and then you're like, no, I'm, I'm all a, new. I'm a crab. I mean, if there was some sort of like nuclear winter at that point, yeah. being able to like just hop on your back and use it as a sled would be pretty sweet. All your man. friends could hop on there too. Yeah, they could. You could just be like, sit on my stomach and yeah. slide on my back. That would be an attribute. Then. Make a Not bunch a of definite. clacking noises, which would be fun. Yeah, you could yeah. just like kind of clack on other people. <laughs> you could clack on people. Um, That's good. I I love. You'd that. probably be waterproof. I'm sure. Totally. Yeah. You know, in like music class in like fourth grade, those things, those like little claves. <laughs> What? That's what that is. What? Where Wait, you what? clack those things around in your hands. Oh, the... Yeah, yeah. Those guys. Yep. Yep. Now you know. Now we can all buy some. I'm going to put that on my list. That other thing I was going to buy. 
what was the microphones. It? Oh yeah. <laughs> I think we should convert light gray into a like test facility to turn us into crab people. Sure, I think that's fair. Um, uh, down here in the basement is probably fine. Just like yeah. huge tubes of liquid. And then for real, we can just change our name to like a rat lab because it's like kind of like a rat lab. Like a rat lab. Not exactly. Whatever people come in and they try to look downstairs, we're like, don't do that. Yeah. That's what don't we do anyway. I know. People still do that, and they're like, "What's down there?" And we're like, "Don't go." Don't. Don't. But now we have ignore a the green glow. Yeah, yeah. that's terrible. And James like is just goofy. like in a big tube down there, like slowly With a toenail growing. on my back. <laughs> Yuck. Big toenail man. See, the thing that I'd be worried about, like a full body toenail, is that like if you ended up swimming or something, it's gonna get soft, and that feels like real weird. If someone hits you real hard, then you'd have that weird thing yeah. where you turn it would turn black and fall. Oh, I hate and or get like a giant crack in it. Oh, Speaking man, all of this, this you talked about a thing that you learned called Ugly Delicious, oh, which God. I'm going to segue from this yeah. blackened toenail into this <laughs> oh, delightful man. thing. Yeah. So... At what point, too, speaking of that, does a terribly ugly thing become delicious? Because oh. does that work on this or not? Sort of. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, the way that he talks about it, I think it's a documentary on Netflix by David Chang. Is that yeah. his name? Um, but he talks about like his cooking at this point um, that he enjoys being ugly. Um, and in that sense, being kind of like home cooking of like a pile of stuff that might not necessarily like be fancy um, and kind of, I don't know, over the top looking, but is just like a really like good, wholesome thing and kind of um, makes you experience something in particular. Um, so I've been watching a lot of it. Um, but it's good because as a creative person, pretty much everything that he's talking about, like relates directly back to creative lifestyle. So you mean like just because a thing doesn't come from like some fancy place, it still has an experience that you're getting out of it. Is that kind of what you mean about the connection to the creative practice or, or, um, or sort of like, um, in the sense of, excuse me. Um, yeah, like the way that he is like making things and going about thinking about it. Um, it's a lot more of like the ideation and like what you get out of like the person experiencing it as opposed to just like, you don't look at a dish and you're like, Oh, that looks good, but it might, it doesn't taste that great, yeah. but at least it looks good. Um, so it's more of like, well, this might not look the prettiest, but the second you take a bite, you're going to like jump back and remember when you were a kid and your mom made you like your favorite meal or whatever. And then you like how comforting that was. Yeah. Um, and things like that. Did you see that Vice documentary about the fake restaurant on TripAdvisor? I did what? not. Speaking of things that are in this realm. So, and we can come back to this too, James. But it was weird. And it made me think about this thing where they, Vice did a documentary where some guy was like, I think I can become the number one restaurant in London. Okay. And so what he did was he made, he called it the shed. And he, it was basically his shed in his backyard. And he got some people to write some reviews. And he made some random stuff like cup of soup and okay. whatever else. And it became this massive sensation where in, I think, like three months time, he got to number one listing. And so he had people calling because it was like a special uh, appointment only oh, thing. okay. And so people would come and they would have this experience in his shed on his lawn, like outside of London. And they and he was going around. And he's like, how do you feel about the service and whatever? And they're like, this is for real, hands down, like the best thing I've ever experienced ever. And he was for real dumping cans of beans on some plates, on some paper See, plates. that's amazing. And what? like whatever else and serving it to these people in this like really crappy rundown backyard. And everybody's like, 
oh, this is like the best experience I've ever had, That's ever. So goofy. But the funny thing about it is just like, it really goes to show you that your own reality is made up by like your perceptions of right. a thing oh, instead yeah. of just like, you're like, what am I going to get out of this experience? But, you know, and, and so a little bit of that documentary, he was just like, yeah, I feel kind of weird about it because I've made this thing, but to all these people, this is like a real, yeah. legit experience. And then to yeah. me, it's like my weird shed outside and also it shows you about the way that you can achieve these like status moments by for whatever means well i think that like especially in the era we live now there are a hundred ways to uh trick people in a way where it's like with with trip advisor with like all these things that we're built to trust or that we're like conditioned to trust or follower counts or like whatever then it's like you discover that a bunch of followers are like just bots or like fake or whatever and it's like we see someone with 15,000 followers and we trust them even though like their entire status could just be built on nothing or could be a, a kind of game like that you it's, know isn't that interesting? it's interesting well that's a funny thing about this food stuff because of course like that's the point is like you could be eating the most weirdest looking thing, but it could be mm-hmm. the best tasting food that you ever had. Well, again, it's like so much of your like personal take on it. Like it, that whole concept to me, I've been thinking about a lot. Like I had a conversation at one point about advertising that was yeah. like really, it was kind of brief, but I had this weird revelation that like nowadays, um, or I mean, maybe always, but especially nowadays, it's like the advertisement is like totally about like the existential part outside of the advertisement yeah and that all the thing serves at is is like a direct like kind of like i don't know it's like a clicker for a dog you know the second you see it and it clicks something totally irrelevant to the like actual advertisement that's just like sort of yeah and it's like entirely outside that just like whatever it relates to you as so okay and speaking of that kind of thing too is like i was watching i was watching a bunch of dance videos that's what i have been doing with <laughs> oh, my good. past several months like that's mm-hmm. fine yeah so i watch all these dance videos on youtube and i'm sitting there and a commercial for that purple mattress what is that what? some purple, purple oh, mattress wait someone was just telling me about that and yeah, my coworker at my other job. Yeah. Yeah, and like I'm watching and then like in the middle of a thing or in the beginning of a thing, there's this like four minute long purple mattress advertisement of a Bigfoot. This is not the Bigfoot thing I was gonna tell you about oh, before, yeah. but this is a Bigfoot thing that I'll say right now. And it was this this lady Bigfoot that was talking about having to keep her mattress clean, and there's a tiny little Bigfoot that is full of filth. Just like covered in filth, covered in filth, just everywhere, making a mess on the beds. And then there's the husband Bigfoot who's off in the distance. And I was just like, "This is the stupidest commercial." And it's all these people in these outfits. But I sat there for the whole four minutes and watched the entire thing about this mattress cover. And I was like, "What the hell am I doing?" But I don't want to click off of this because I actually want to see this dumb commercial. Yeah. But it was one of those things where I'm like, "This experience is hilarious," and I am enjoying myself that's the funny thing that's like the bonus pig where you're like it's so poorly drawn and also really bad but then at the same time it's so memorable so then like maybe it's more successful than like anybody else's drawing of a pig Man, well yeah because for bonus is so good it's like Wait. a pig with one one like Black somebody eye. just learned how to use illustrator and they mm. drew a pig and then they drew some weird line weight options, and then one of its eyes is pointing in a weird direction, and then one of its eyes also looks like it's been punched in the face. Yeah, and, and then also smiling. And then its slit that's on its back is supposed to be where you drop the coins, but oh, it's man. drawn in reverse yeah, perspective. So weird. there's like an extra line in the front. But wow. it everyone that goes with us to Iceland loves it so much, and it's so iconic that you're like, maybe it's 
more successful than like most icons. Also, I do have to say their entire color scheme of like bright pink and yellow, great yeah. color scheme. Yeah, yeah. look at um, it. Yeah, it's amazing. At it right we now. should put people it in the should notes. probably yeah, yeah put that yeah. in the Ooh. podcast notes and go look at it some more. But it's like I'm one looking of those at the things. storefront right now. Very attractive. Yeah, yeah. there's like a hundred flags. Like weirdly out. Really enjoyable. Yeah. yeah, you're like I don't know why I like it, but I do. And then you sit there, and then you buy yourself a bonus pig tote bag. Yeah. Or and seven. Then you're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or I kind of want one. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, this is weird. But the funny thing about that is just like your actual real connection with the thing transcends any kind of like totally. suggestion that somebody's like, you should like this because this is good. And you're like, yeah, prove it. I'm having a connection with my bonus pig now. <laughs> yeah. You're like, it's totally irrelevant to yeah. what the thing is, you know? Again, yeah. we're yeah. talking about like serving baked beans on a paper plate by a shed. Yeah. And like whatever that connects to forever, like for the people that went and enjoyed it, you know, it doesn't matter what the thing is. Well, mm-hmm. see, I was talking with Jenny a while back and I think maybe I was talking to you guys too about this. I don't remember, but I was just saying like sometimes doing the weirdest, dumbest crap with people that have a good attitude makes the thing uh, like you remember it forever totally. yeah. it doesn't matter what you are doing but if you are with good company or in the right frame of mind you could be having baked beans on a plate and you're like yeah. this is the best dinner mm-hmm. i've ever had with these yeah. people yeah exactly. well that's i just had this conversation the other day too that like the things in the moment it might seem weird or challenging or something like that but like the things that you look back at fondly or when everything went awry or when something yeah, was different when or you challenging don't expect it mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And you're like, and why do you think that is, though? I think I think in general, like being surprised is my favorite thing. Really? Um, yeah, because like I've, I mean, I'm 23. I'm not like that world wizened or whatever. But I I feel like I'm I'm able to kind of predict a lot of the things that are like run of the mill. Like, oh, this is like what this is, and if I go somewhere, I don't want to have everything planned out, yeah, and I don't yeah. want to have everything like just easy and predictable and for the rest of my life I hope it's not predictable I would much rather be surprised and I mean obviously surprised in ways that are like comfortable and not horrible because it shakes you out of your norm and you're forced to think a little bit about like how you react to a thing instead of Mm -hmm. just being like well if one of these two things happens I know exactly what I'm going to be doing yeah you know and it's it's memorable like Jenny said like yeah um I mean, you're not you're not gonna remember like, oh yeah, I picked up baked beans from the store. Yeah, yeah, Whatever. right. Well, that's like so. Jessica, Rue, and Nick uh, Stratton were just in town this week, who are two artists that we work with a lot, and they were saying a really similar thing. We were talking about like, I don't know, putting yourself in scenarios that seem interesting, and like on one of our trips, Nick's pants exploded off his body, and like in the moment, I'm sure he was really cold and uncomfortable, but it is also when I think of that trip, the one thing I think of, and I'm like, that <laughs> yeah. is amazing and hilarious. And also, like, thank God he had a good attitude about his pants flying off. But also, like, it's so memorable. Well, that's totally. the like, It's charming and I hilarious. Can, yeah. I already have visuals of it. Like, I know exactly <laughs> what that was like. Wouldn't that be yeah. funny if that was the one thing that people remembered you by? It's like the fact that your pants exploded. <laughs> oh, you're like, explaining pants guy. Yeah. 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 You're the one. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, that is the funny thing. You're, you're like... It takes a little bit of like, oh, well, I wasn't expecting this thing for you to even remember or get mm-hmm. connected with that mm-hmm. for once. Yeah. I don't know. I was talking to my friend Adam about this and we were talking about vacations. And I think I may have discussed this with you guys before. But when you're on a vacation, you're just in that mindset. So you're able to actually do that. And I think when you're trying a new restaurant, you're kind of in a mini version of that. Where totally. I don't know about you guys, but I just I try and I like to try to pick something that is specific to that restaurant. 
Mm because if you go to a place and their specialty and it's got a star next to it or whatever bold or whatever they do to make you know that like this is the thing that they're known for yeah feels like you should attempt it yeah totally. you know instead of just getting the same old thing that you would get on any restaurant because why are you there yeah why why take the trip out there and why not just go somewhere that potentially does it better that you've been before yeah so you may as well get the special thing yeah yeah and i don't know and at least here i think people do a pretty good job of like shaking it up and being like i'm gonna try to make this our like signature thing Mm -hmm. here but Mm -hmm. i mean just in general though surprise probably is just one of those sort of things that's like uh, what was i i worked at a restaurant um and i stopped working there a few months ago but i would work brunch and we would have things like brunch pho, like like breakfast pho, and like um and like breakfast rice bowls, and like all this really fancy stuff. We'd have like a good eggs Benedict, and people would order the country breakfast. People would literally order like eggs and toast, and I'm like, why are you paying your own money at this place where you can get like all these cool and fun things for something that you can make at home in literally 10 minutes. Yeah. I don't I don't know how to cook very well, but I can make eggs and toast pretty easy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know and maybe that is just the same thing like I talk in product design class about why everybody's got a black t-shirt. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and wow. I'm just like, oh yeah. Lindsay yeah. just called me out. Lindsay called, called all of us yeah. out except for Jenny. I mean, I'm wearing my like sick clothes so that's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I mean, but that's the thing, though, is like, of course, you have one of those or you got like yeah, a black hoodie because right. it's a staple. But then at the same time, I feel like when I'm going to go and pick out a black shirt, I probably would buy it at a Target and not a fancy place. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I You're mean, not going to be one of those people different. that drops like 150 bucks on like a designer black T-shirt. Right. Not. Nope. Not unless it's like <laughs> indestructible. Yeah, not unless, yeah. It's unless I'm going to die and be buried in it. Yeah, it's going to wear my a, weirdness it's away. It's your new full body toenail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's your, just a toenail. <laughs> it's your <laughs> toenail shirt by Prada. Yeah, oh, put God. that on the list of things. But yeah. I feel like, I don't know, that's kind of like one of those things too. I think on my list of things here, I have the I have comfort in here as one of those. Comfort. Yeah. Well, I was going to say earlier, like when it comes to surprise and being surprised and like experiencing new things, I think it's important to have like a basis of comfort or like a basis of like intention. Cause like, I don't know if you're on vacation, you chose to go on that vacation. You chose to like be out of your comfort zone, but in a way it's comfortable because of that. And often you'll be, you planned it. Yeah. Hopefully you'll be with people that also make you comfortable and that you can like be excited about this weird thing that happened with. That makes Mm -hmm. a big difference. Right. Or like if you go to a restaurant, it's like you chose this, chose this. Whereas like, I don't know if you're at home, this happened to me. Um, this happened to me uh, when it was really cold here in Minnesota. You're at home and all of a sudden your shower doesn't work because your pipes are real frozen. That's a big surprise, no. but it's not a good one. You're not comfortable <laughs> because of it. Definitely not um, comfortable. So I, I think that like, I don't know, with all the trips that we do and like all the, the experience that you guys are talking about, it's so important that you're with people that either with people that like want to fully experience whatever happens with you and like that you feel really comfortable with yeah or that you are by yourself and decided that this is something that is like cool and fun that makes sense yeah i think there's i do think there are differences like getting stuck at the border versus like like somebody spilling something or you know like something small and weird and like an anecdote to the story Mm -hmm. and i think that's also when so like this is an example my parents are on vacation right now and they always go to the same place to vacation. They always just go to the beach. 
And I'm always like, that's cool. Not for me. I'm sure you're having a great time. But like every time they go, it's like almost recreating this very specific feeling of relaxation. And I'm like, when I go somewhere, I want to see something different or Mm -hmm. new or like, I don't know, like feel like I'm exploring somewhere that I haven't been before. And I think there's differences in like people's attitudes of finding a like discovery, you know, and it's either refeeling a sense of something or finding the new sense of something. Well, that's so interesting. Um, You should tell me how you feel about this, but um, that concept, I think like, so recreating the same like feeling on a trip and in their case, doing the exact same trip over and over again um, to refine that feeling. I personally feel like that never actually works for me. So I actually chase similar feelings every time I travel, but I go somewhere else looking for them. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Because mm-hmm. so. I feel like you end up having this, like, it's almost like rewatching a childhood movie and expecting mm-hmm. the same nostalgia to pop up. And you're yeah. like, uh oh, now I'm looking at all some other parts that I didn't see before. Yeah. This wasn't the same as this. Yeah. Like, how come I didn't have the same experience? But I, I get you, like, with the feeling like you're chasing almost the, it's not adrenaline for everybody, but like the adrenaline of being mm-hmm. like, I'm just turning down the road and I don't know where I'm going, but I yeah. like this feeling of yeah. being able yeah. to explore. I'm like, I haven't seen any of this stuff before. So this is like the same feeling I got in a different place when I was weirdly exploring. Exactly. Yeah. But well, over like, here. It's know? like yeah. when you move somewhere, like if you move to a new city or a new neighborhood or anything, you know, like that first, like, I don't know, week, month, however long you're driving around and you're like, oh, I found this new like locals bar over here, a new burger place over here. But I don't know, a year later, you're like, well, driving down this street again, like going my normal path home. It's not very exciting. I think you get mostly in your head at that point, too, because you're not actually like experiencing the space anymore. Totally. You're just like going through your pattern, you know. It's also, I mean, I feel like so many people try to live in memory, you know, like they 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 think that the important thing is reliving or like re-experiencing or whatever. But like the thing I've been thinking about a lot is the fact that we only have a set amount of time, like on this planet. Yeah. And I mean, like depending on your views of the afterlife or whatever, chances are like our experience here is going to be it. Like we're going to experience that. And even if like, you know, if one was to be reincarnated or like whatever, it's like, that's a totally different experience. So why wouldn't you want to just experience everything fully as it is and not try to experience it in memory or like compare it to other things? Because like, even when you're just like walking outside, it's like, that's an experience that it's unique. It's unique. And like, we only have so much of it. And so like, even like rewatching a childhood movie, like, yeah, sometimes that's nice, but, like, there's only so much time to, like, experience a new movie or, yeah. like, whatever. So I have know? a weird thing that's, like, kind of related to both what you're saying about, like, chasing a similar feeling in a different place or the comfort of reliving the same kind of, like, revisiting the Bahamas again and again and again. <laughs> yeah. And then also the same thing with, like, trying to trying to understand something completely different because why would you just do the same thing over and over? So it's a weird combo of all your guys' things. So... What would you do if, for example, you're like, I've never built a cabin in the woods, but I can envision myself being there and living this kind of life. And I imagine a feeling that comes with it that is so specific to something I really would really, really like. And I would have this kind of ladder with this kind of bookshelf and I'd have this kind of art table and I'd wake up and I'd do this and you can see this thing 
that you know, you you think you know what that would feel like because you can just imagine this experience, but you've never done it. But it's a comfort that comes with that thing that you must have felt before somewhere. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm asking? Yeah. yeah, I think about that a lot. I mean, I think everyone gets that like weird sense of nostalgia yeah. for things that they've never experienced yeah. or couldn't why have is experienced. That? Um, and I don't know, I think there's, you know, infinite number of ways to think about that. And I'm sure that there's some science for it somewhere. Where would you put that in the categories of like chasing a thing, you know, totally doing something different? I think in a weird way, you do know it. That's the weird part is like, I don't know. Part of me likes to think that there's some weird, like past life stuff in there just because that makes me feel good about it. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know, maybe... Like, I'm meant to be here. There's something about this that I understand, but I don't know why. Yeah, kind of or like, past life, you did maybe that exact thing, or like, you know, whatever else. Like, I, mean... I feel like it, maybe it's the combination of things, like specifically this cabin in the woods feeling, when you're like, I have gone camping, and I've woken up late and like opened my tent and looked out into the woods, or like, there has been days... Or I've walked downstairs and like lights pouring in my studio, like those kind of moments that you like piece together to form like an overall what you think this could be like, you know, or like, yeah, because I feel like we have this romantic ideal of a thing that we'd like, even if it's not the cabin in the woods Mm. for some people, but you're like, I know this. So the other day we did a, a spells and intentions, young mystics class here, and I was talking about the idea of visualization. And I feel like that sort of connects with this idea that if you are capable, which we all are capable of walking through a scenario that you've never been in, but you you totally understand how this would work. Yeah. Like, it's almost like you have been there. It's not like a deja vu, but it's like a, it's such a familiar feeling that it's so easy to see how you could exist in a space with that being like the the foundation for why you'd like it. Yeah. Like, well, I have I this guess idea. Beyond you know, like the other senses... Like when you are experiencing a new place, if you eliminated the other senses and it's all just like what you're viewing and you're just closing your eyes and meditating on like what this experience is like, it's probably very similar. And that's why when we dream and it feels real and you're like, maybe I've been here before because this dream feels so familiar, but it's like a visual visual experience of the space. And that's probably why we're like, when you were walking us through that meditation or anytime we've done like meditative things and you're closing your eyes and envisioning it then like it's probably not that different than like being in the actual space like that yeah because i'm sure your brain fills in all the gaps of stuff that you kind of know like you were saying like the light pouring down and all that stuff but that's what i was wondering oh yeah go ahead it's it's interesting too because when you're living in a fantasy of it yeah um in that fantasy you don't take with you all of the burden of being human and like memory again and like I, I think that, like, even if you were to have that cabin in the woods, yeah, you would still end up facing the same problems internally that you would face anywhere else. Probably. Unless, I mean, if you're able to, like, unhinge yourself from that and, like, truly live in peace, like, I envy you. And, like, I would want to achieve that more than anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, in, like, experiencing life as we do in the limited time, I hope someday to be able to just have that true vital experience and not have all the baggage do you think people just chase a feeling though like like when they set out a thing they'd like to do especially something that's that powerful of like a it's not even a nostalgia what is it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like a feeling that you're like someday this is what i want to do and i think most i don't know about you guys but most of my goals are feeling related 
and they're not really like status related or totally. like credential related. And it's mm-hmm. like, I really want to experience this feeling again. And I could probably do it one of these 10 ways. And so what's weird about chasing feelings like that, I think, is it requires you to step through a process where you think you might know where to get it, even yeah. though you don't really know. Mm. I mean, is this a weird topic? But no, I find you know what I'm so, saying? Like interesting, because I'm the same way. Anytime anyone's like, tell me what your goals are. And I'm like, well, I could, like, I, I sort of can. Like, I, it's funny because they're not specific, you know? It's not like, I want this job and this life and this thing. And, like, it's not all these, like, specific parts, but it's like, I want to feel this way every morning when yeah. I wake up. Yeah, yeah. And it could be a cabin in the woods, or it could be a loft somewhere, or it could be a houseboat. Like, yeah. you know, it could be yeah. infinite number of things as long as, like, the feelings are associated with all the parts and pieces that are, like, in it, you know? Yeah. So, and like, so and why? Hard. And like, going back to that thing I was saying before about why you know that that feeling is something that you know, you must have felt it somewhere else mm-hmm. to even know that you want it again, right? Mm. Or maybe if the ideal security feeling or the ideal peace at peace feeling mm. or something like that. Do you think that that has a lot to do with it? I think so. Somewhere, like really? I don't know where you get that from, unless maybe yeah, you felt a small piece of it. Um, and you're like, that was good, but I feel like it could be better. And then you're like, okay, well, what's the better one of that? Yeah. Or whether mm-hmm. it's something that you haven't experienced and you just somehow like, no, I don't know like where that comes from. But I, yeah, I think about that a lot. Yeah. I always wonder like, does it actually, do people actually know what they're chasing or is it just like, like if you're an anxiety filled person, you just want the lack of anxiety. So you're chasing the lack of something or if it is like you know but anyway i don't know so i thought i'd ask you guys that because we had talked about just the idea of having this like this thing so speaking on the same type of thing we're talking about visualization in this workshop and we're and essentially for anybody that um wanted to know what i was talking about before we move on it's it's controlling your own perceptions of how a step-by-step process would be and then hopefully enacting it in real life so you can manifest those things and what's funny is i'm going to segue to this thing that jenny told me (laughs) she told me she's listening to a million conspiracy theories yes (laughs) on her other podcast binges where in a similar realm where there are people that you can psych yourself up over these certain things and you can chase these things and you know jenny's in the other zone where people are psyching themselves up over conspiracy theory times she told me about a video game conspiracy Yes, so the the podcast is called the Plebeus. Um, the Plebeus Conspiracy, yeah. The Plebeus Conspiracy, which is named Radiotopia after showcase. a, um, what's it on? A Radiotopia Showcase. Yeah, and it's named after like this mathematician man who actually I wrote it in my notebook, so I can show you guys later if you'd like. But it is um a person who was incredibly smart about mathematics, and he created some of the original like cryptographs. And so um, it's all about like coded language and things. But anyway, there was supposed to supposedly this video game that was created in 1981. It was an all black case and it was in um, different like coin uh, arcade places. It was called like, I forgot the name of the arcade was called. Uh, Polybius. Oh, no, sorry. The arcade. Oh, the place Coin Kingdom. Place. Coin mm-hmm. Kingdom outside of Seattle. Or outside of Portland, Did you guys I'm both? sorry. We I, both listened to it, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so okay. Essentially, like, I won't give away all the spoilers, but so there's two different kind of ways that this could happen. So supposedly, this kid who was a frequenter of this arcade, he was a teenager at the time, and he played it, and while he was playing it, 
like he got dizzy and then the screen went black and then the next thing he remembers is waking up in the woods like 60 miles away and he felt like he was being held down and then he felt like there's this other boy who saved him and he remembers this like creepy looking alien man with three fingers that was like holding him down and he got away and he made it out to the road and he was like found again but he swore that it had to do with this video game and everyone's like there's no proof that this thing ever existed there's no proof this game existed we don't know who worked on it so essentially the point of it is is that he believes this thing to have happened and everyone else is like it couldn't have happened it didn't happen but he is so convinced himself and so the investigators of this story the reporters are essentially like you either either this thing did happen to you and there's a giant cover-up and whatever else or you said this thing as a teenager and you have just stuck with it and it might have been something else that happened or it could have been a similar version of this or what you remember or like you woke up somewhere else and you thought that this thing happened and you said it out loud and then people made fun of you and then you just stuck with it. So I have a thing that goes on top okay. of this. So I'm on season eight of Forensic Files. Okay. <laughs> and Out of th- how many seasons? I think there's only nine. I'm going to be okay. really sad. I don't really know what to do after that. So I might go back to Star Trek. But I feel like they, they always are like, yeah, an eyewitness is goodish, except for everybody begins to make up pieces of what they actually saw at some point based on whatever it is that. Uh, leading questions or as people are interrogating you and they'll be like was it this and you're like well maybe kind of right because you can like rewrite your memories kind of yeah Mm -hmm. which is creepy and they're like okay so every single forensic files are always just like well let's just look at the cameras that are everywhere in the entirety of everything and they and they're like well this is much more accurate representation but it's a very weird thing about how time distorts it so yeah even in some of these cases where they have people come back for retrials 10 years later and they tell a completely different story either because they were lying in the first place to protect somebody else or because they actually remember the real thing or because they don't remember at all it's such a weird thing to think about Mm -hmm. how the way that you tell yourself a story even the stories we retell sometimes when we're going on like uh art camps and we're telling stories about us and stupid crap that we've done yeah and it morphs into a new truth it's kind right. of like a telephone thing. Yeah, so it yeah. is. Where you're like, this thing definitely happened this way. What's interesting, so as a kid, I like very specifically remember this, hearing about people like with amnesia or like suppressing memories or anything else. And I was like, how is that possible that you could just forget that thing happened to you? And now as an adult, I'm like, of course, I can't remember what I did yesterday. Like, of course, that stuff just goes away unless it is something really impactful or mm-hmm. and I somebody think- like jogs your memory. I think too, like in, in those cases, you don't know you're missing something. Yeah. And so it's like, like when you have complete control of your memory and like complete understanding of your memory, as far as you know, um, you don't know that, or like you, you assume that everyone has access to something and it's just fuzzy, but sometimes like when your psyche does block it out, like it's, it was never there, you know, like yeah. you don't, mm-hmm. you don't know that you're supposed to remember it. Totally. Yeah. yeah. That's why they also say in forensic files that if you get a, a hypnotist to mess around with your stuff that you can't use that stuff in court because oh, it's suggestive. Yeah. Well, there's it's, like, um, I remember like either reading or watching a documentary or something one time about like people, yeah, trying to like, uh, like people like interrogating and asking questions to eyewitnesses and stuff and about like kind of the art of that and how like you have to be very specific about what you say because any single thing can like 
suggest and like basically like add things to what they're remembering with air quotes right (laughs) yeah um and like yeah where you're kind of like placing thoughts in their head based off what you're asking even like i mean both intentionally and unintentionally which is terrifying because if you're just like adding details to a thing that people didn't see Mm -hmm. and then that person says it in court and and right somebody that doesn't need to be there or something like that yeah but it's such a weird thing brains it is well they said that like if something really impactful happens usually you remember that this is from cereal but they're like usually you remember that and then what happens before and after it within the same time frame so that you like actually it like the memory is there from that really important thing that happened and then also before and after so it creates this like arc of things that happened that day so you do remember it if it was really important but that's what's so interesting about this. And I know Calvin's listened to it also. Serial? Um, oh, no, no, sorry. Uh, oh, the Polybius. Polybius conspiracy, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting because you're like, maybe he made it up. Maybe he has said it so many times that he thinks he knows it. But it's the same concept of just being like, was this a memory? Was this a piece of a memory? Did you did your brain make some weird connection between a bunch of stuff? Yeah, and it's also interesting because like we... I think that so much of our experience, as much as we would like to think it's not, is dictated by the media we intake and the fact that over a certain amount of time we've developed ways to construct narratives that are like engaging. And so all of a sudden it's like we expect there to be a definite answer for like this thing mm-hmm. based on our narrative knowledge. And like right. the way they set up the podcast is like extremely narrative and it's great and you're like and then but you even, realize that like life isn't that cut yeah, and dry. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. even even the reporters say again and again, they're like, this could be a possibility or we are just pulling a bunch of coincidences together and it seems like this. Mm-hmm. So we're very aware that like this could be a series of coincidences. Well, it's, it's so crazy too. I think about it a lot where like <clears throat> anytime you look at like science-based stuff, you know, and there's always like that baseline and generalization. But anytime I relate it back to like humans, like Every single case is like a case by case basis, you know, like, sure, like people fall into, you know, specific habits and tendencies and stuff. And I mean, things overlap with like a generalization, but like so many things happen, like in that case in particular, where it's like, man, his brain, it's always possible that his brain did something that has never even been recorded before, you know, so it's just Mm -hmm. like an infinite possibility like like tree that it could fall from. And the way that he made sense of it was the way that he's telling the story. And that's just what he, that's also. Yeah, and like there's his... no way to prove it or disprove it or whatever else. Yeah. And of course, like in, in any vast realization, whether it be like, you know, philosophers in Greece or like, or or scientists who discover a thing, like the vast populace is, is never going to buy it right away, you know? No. Doesn't always mean that's not true. And it's really hard. Like, I know that that like question has been, um, brought up in so many ways in so many different like you know uh pieces of media but man that's got to be frustrating yeah well it's like mm-hmm. the thing i was saying before about like how you end up like trying to figure out if a thing is real or you try and figure out if something is real based on trip advisor mm-hmm. right it's and a constructed like, reality yeah you're like i can believe this if i want to believe this is the best thing and yeah. then i will and then, and then you're like, oh, no, what is the truth? And you're or, like, oh, no, nobody well, knows. Yeah. Or you're expected to think that, and then you you don't want to like be the one in the wrong, so you're not going to bring yeah, it up. Yeah, you're like, is yeah. it weird? Is this fake? Well, yeah. I, like, I can't you know, tell. 
you're looking at like life is always looking at every other person's like different multiple choice test, you yeah. know, where they like mm. filled in a different bubble than you and you're like You're like one of oh, us. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's just like you can pick whatever you want that like I don't know, like I've been any sort of like personality test is that same way too. Oh, yeah. Like there's like ten different answers and you're you, like I could you're gonna pick one. Yeah. But mm-hmm. at the same time you're like anybody's gonna pick any other one and there's not necessarily a reason why other than that, like, it makes sense for them. Right. So it's it's so interesting just to, like, be open to any of it. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about how we connect with other people and, like, what what we seek to gain from that connection and, like, what we, I don't know. Like, the the realization of self and your own experience as like this really important thing that you should be pursuing as opposed to an experience that you want to curate for other people in some weird way. And this isn't always just because of social media or like whatever. Um, but, but just like truly knowing what is good for you and like what is beneficial to you, then like having a connection with someone that's like genuine and beneficial in general, um, is something I've been thinking about. And then also just like how humans, um, we're biological things that have constructed an entire society around ourselves, but we're still biological structures within the earth. Yeah. And so like, well, so there is something that I think relates, um, based off what you're saying, Calvin, there's something that relates to our upcoming show that I think will be really fun to talk about on a future podcast as well. Maybe we can talk to some science people about this. But um, speaking about human to nature or human to human uh, conversations or connections, there's something that I think has been really interesting finding out about the vast network of communication happening underneath the earth that in a forest, for example, I might have written a little bit about this on the call for art, but if people didn't see it, um, in a an old growth forest, there is a massive network of fungus that is connecting a ton of the different root structures of every single plant that is existing in that space. And what's very strange about it is it really does act almost like an internet of of how trees talk to each other, how they deliver different types of energy, sugars, whatever else, but also warning signs based on what's happening on one side of the forest to another. So if a certain tree is getting, um, like, I don't know if, if, uh, uh, animal or a plant or a plant or an animal or an insect ends up, uh, attacking one of the trees and it hasn't reached the other side of the forest, that communication that's sent through that network underground can reach the other trees on the other side. And therefore those trees can let off different like pheromones or different kinds of uh, chemicals so that it can ward off the attackers or whatever, essentially. But what's funny is that I think when we think about our human connection to nature, we can find relationships within human-like things that are happening. So we'd say, oh yeah, that's like the internet or oh yeah, that's like a community or oh yeah, that's, you know, like when we were... Um, adjusting and uh, adding some stuff to the cosmos. We're talking about the idea of nebulas being like uh, communities, you know, or like Mm -hmm. the the birthing ground of things. Yeah, like star nurseries and stuff. It's so easy to find a metaphor for these things or a relationship between these things. But it's funny because humans don't like to connect themselves into another structure. 
they're like, oh yeah, that's a separate thing. Mm -hmm. That's nature doing its weird nature thing. And then I'm just over here doing my human thing. And you're like, yeah, but we're still made out of the same stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to see slightly different ways that these things are, are uh, a funny echo of what we already experience. So one thing that's really connected to this too, since we're talking about this is, so, um, I was having a conversation the other day and the person I was talking to was discussing how these days they found all this information about how fungus, not only have we evolved from original, you know, like, uh, original sin. Yep. uh, Yep. (laughs) And also (laughs) that, and also, um, how like way back down the chain of evolution, um, back when everything was single celled and, you know, way, way, way in the very beginning, fungus was one of those branches that branched off and was actually so related to to something that had a, a different kind of a consciousness. And these days they are finding out so much more about how we are more closely related to the inner workings of fungus than we are to some other things. You should go look it up. That's it's weird. So interesting. Well, it's creepy because yeah. then you're like, oh, they're like little people, but not really. Mm, but We're it's, like big fungus. Yeah, it's really bizarre. <laughs> big but mold. The way that it... <laughs> works the way that it exists the way that it reacts the way that it communicates it's a very strange and completely different looking obviously different functioning thing Mm -hmm. but i think nobody likes to be like i'm like a fungus i am a fungus (laughs) i am a i'm a fun guy (laughs) 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 like you were saying though like as humans we like i mean we only understand like the things that we, you know, place emphasis on understanding right. or in a weird way, kind of like things that we have a reason to understand. Yeah, you're like, I don't want to understand how much of a fungus I am. Yeah. You so know? we like to be outside and above those sort of things, which I, is interesting. I think above is always the key, isn't it? Where like we we constantly want to feel like we are superior like, yeah. to something. Yeah. Um, and like... That sucks. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody's like, more, 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 yeah. more, more yeah, yeah. stuff. Well, I just had this, I won't go off on this forever, but I just had this conversation the other day with somebody about aliens and like how we always in movies or pop culture or whatever else imagine this like ship, this spaceship coming mm-hmm. here. And you're like, it would never happen like that. That's such a human thing to right. be like, this ship needs a steering wheel and a, and like a glass window and a whatever else because we approach the concept of aliens from a human perspective and that's the same way that we think about like other species or anything else where we're like you don't do it like us so then what is this right instead of being like it communicates very differently or it moves differently or it like like plants being sexual or anything else and you're like it's all doing similar things but communicating in a very different way but that doesn't mean it's not like our ways it's the not only relatable way. yeah, yeah it's yeah. not yeah it's just different and, and so i'm like if an alien comes it's not going to come in a spaceship with a steering wheel and there's no guarantee <laughs> there's like you no know? guarantee that it would be even something that we can process like yeah right. perceive it all right. totally. yeah because right. like our our entire like systems are adapted to exist on earth right and right. if these if these friendly buds um were to come from an entire different galaxy, there's no guarantee that the laws of their, like, physics or whatever would work the same, and therefore they could exist in, like, you know, gas form. They could exist in, like, molecule form and still be equally or more intelligent. Yeah. Totally. Well, yeah, like, so in relation to, like, what you were talking about, like, you know, the human, like, take on things, um, the other day I was 
walking and listening to crows and i realized like obviously like as i would pass each successive tree like the, the crow in the tree would squawk and i was like okay well obviously they're like communicating this is following exactly the path that i'm walking so they're communicating where i'm going but each of them would make the same noise and in my head i was like okay well they they're either saying the same thing or like my human take on it you know is like so different than like like my initial reaction was they're all saying the same thing but that's just because like to us you know words are each like sound different but listening to other languages and stuff too like you know so many things like are totally like we just they're noise to us right um if we don't know what's happening because we can't comprehend it um but it's just so interesting like the human side of it because i was like man a crow's squawk could mean you know six thousand different things depending on like anything yeah yeah i was also listening to a thing about cicadas and you know when we when we hear cicadas like we hear usually like white noise and also just this like giant mass and it turns out that they have three different songs and all of their songs are mating calls but what they do is that they have like basically first second third base but in songs where they're like they they call out to their mate then their mate responds um not not vocally i don't remember exactly how the mate responds but all the all the songs are male and then they call out again in a different song that's like a different pattern and then that's like okay cool we are we're gonna do this and then the third one is them like getting busy and <laughs> it's but it's interesting because there are three different songs that we meld into like this massive noise but when you hear them isolated they're all really specific and they're all very cool yeah isn't it funny it's like it's like based on first like what you know about yourself and then everything you can perceive and then after that your your little window of what you actually get like you like i get it yeah you're like oh now it's like slowly grows yeah slowly slowly grows well i'm hoping that um We'll be able to bring some other podcast uh, guests on that can talk a lot more about the science side of things, too. And I, I'm actually really looking forward to that, especially yeah, like too. when spring comes. It's one of those things where I'm almost like, put on planet Earth and I'm going to go watch all the documentaries and this will be the best thing ever. And I think talking to some of those people about not only the the um, concepts that we have for the three shows coming up, but um, hopefully talking to some people that, that really can bring another perspective will sort of influence us in some ways. So... I think we're going to have a couple events coming up on the Facebook page. We have some book clubs coming up. We do, yep. So uh, March 25th is the next book club. It's from 1030 to noon. Um, So bring any book you're reading, anything at all. I will probably bring my GOAT book by Mary Roach. uh, And we'll get together for some coffee and tea in the morning just here at the gallery. Uh, It's $5 or free for students. So just feel free to show up. Uh, You can find all the details on the Facebook page. And then we have the opening reception. Yes, which is March 23rd from 7 to 10. Cool. And then, um, of course, stop on by. It'll be really, really great. We have a ton of new artwork and, of course, all the shows that we mentioned before. And then we will be putting up some new Young Mystics classes. I'll have to choose some dates on those. And then also some programs that you can be involved in, including some calls for art. So uh, anything else? Um, Yeah, so we'll probably be taking a trip to the conservatory to do some drawing um and we're figuring out the logistics of it right now and so keep an eye out for that but as spring approaches and as our cool spring show approaches 
Um, let's learn how to draw some plants. Let's look at nice. them. Yeah, that does sound nice. I'm into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Well, where can people find us? So you can find um, everything that we're doing, all our past exhibitions on our website, which is lightgreatartlab.com. Uh, that's also where you can find our travel pages and subscribe to be a part of the travel newsletter. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at lightgreatartlab. And Tumblr, we are lightgreatartgallery.tumblr.com. And you can find us on Facebook, all of our events and upcoming things at facebook.com slash lightgrayartlab. Thanks again, you guys, for listening today. And we'll come back uh, in a week or two with another one regarding all the awesome stuff we'll be learning. So thanks again. We'll talk with you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I'm going to clap for us now. You gotta um, show James this thong you're about to order. Oh my Ooh. god. Wait, okay, so it's so funny. I'm on Cafe Press and right. I'm looking at Scorpio thongs because I am a Scorpio. <laughs> All right. But I. That's oh, where did you go? We're talking about sidewalk underwear and then we decided Wait, to go look it up. Well, Jenny when said when that snow she... melts and you find a pair of undies. Oh. <laughs> That's. I, but the I found this I've... pair on my old street that said, like, I'm a Scorpio baby. And then I told Calvin, then he started looking up. Like, and he said, yeah. I need to find That's this way more interesting. Okay. The only thing I found in sidewalk ice is Taco Bell hot sauce packets. <laughs> <laughs> Did you use them? They're probably good. They probably are good. They probably um, are good. Okay, so look. This is like, all right, you have it on the front or whatever. And then you check out the back. <laughs> And then, the yeah, it's just this. It's so but small. Like, the smallest. Type. <laughs> <laughs> it's like four point type. It's oh, so tiny. I love it so much. It's oh so my tiny. God. That's good. Okay.